Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. It's been just like an overcast sort of drizzly kind of day. I took the day off from the uh, from the other job to finish up yard work today. And then I look outside and it's like already wet. And uh, the sun the sun came out for about 15 minutes. So I got everything done. Not in 15 minutes. I got everything done uh, earlier today. It was actually not a bad day to be outside because it wasn't blazing hot. It's pretty muggy. But uh, it looks like the weather is going to be nicer for the rest of the weekend. Mother's Day on Sunday looks like our first day in the 90s this year. So it's going to be a hot Mother's yeah, it, Day. It, it, we, we were getting oh, some really funny. Cool, well, I didn't mean I didn't mean hot bombs. We, we were I mean, getting. Ooh. We were getting some really cool uh, nights, uh, you know, even as recently as last week. Oh yeah, you know, and, and it's warming up now. And it was yeah, there was uh, there was you know the the belief that before before long in May we were going to break ninety degrees and it was going to be pretty consistently warm for the rest of, I mean, geez, Bill, maybe the rest of the year. Right? Uh, I heard yeah, I was watching the weather last night and they said, uh, well, for at least a little while, and I'm say I'm thinking no, for at least until October. Usually, I mean, it's it's not going to really cool off again until sometime around Halloween. I mean, there so. could be days where it rains a lot. Yeah, and that's it'll true. Be a little bit cooler that's than than others, but uh, no, for the most part, you're right. It'll be, uh, you know, the, yeah, it's here. Su- summertime is is just about here, and a, a little bit early, right? I mean, that, that's uh, you know on, on the on the calendar, but no, it's uh, I, I would I would brace yourself for some warm weather, especially if you're outside for long periods of time uh, through uh, through work or. Or for uh, or, or by choice, if you're out there uh, ten- tending the garden. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's Friday. Thank goodness for that. And a busy, busy day on the diamond. Three games on tap for Auburn University today because last night's Auburn Ole Miss game was postponed. Um, there was rain in Oxford. There's been rain in Oxford again today. Uh, but but it's interesting. The rain. Apparently stopped in Oxford last night around seven thirty, and it didn't rain again for the rest of the night. They they could have played last night, but you know the home team gets the call before the game start until the game starts, and Ole Miss decided to hold, 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 and then postpone. And a doubleheader scheduled first game was scheduled to have started at two o'clock, but then because of rain in Oxford today, they just got underway about twenty minutes ago. So game one and. And the forecast in Oxford? I was about to ask, what does it look like the rest of the year? It looks like there's a lot of rain coming at around 9 o'clock. So they they will be extremely fortunate if they can get two games in today. So they might might try to get a game in and then play it by ear with the second game with the possibility there could be a doubleheader tomorrow because I don't know if they would want to. Well, it depends on the weather. Yeah. But they they may not even want to start that second game if it becomes clear. That that they're in in trouble. Yeah, it depends uh, what, on how long how the, the first day. game goes. I mean, if the first game is a, 
you know, two and a half, three hour game and gets over before seven. Maybe they'd start at seven thirty and see how long they could play. But uh, but we'll 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 keep an eye on that for you. I mean, the game was just getting underway. Auburn was batting in the top of the first when I came into the studio, so we'll keep you updated on that. Meanwhile, the Auburn softball team uh, taking on South Carolina and the Tigers leading it two to one as they bat in the bottom of the third. That's right. Auburn with uh, with a runner on in uh, the third, two outs, and almost uh, had, had that runner picked off at first. A bang-bang play uh, there on the, uh, on, on the runner getting a big lead. But Auburn uh, see, seeing if they can get an extra run on the board before the third inning is over. South Carolina beat uh, the two-seed. In the tournament, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs Georgia, yeah. uh, last night. So Auburn with a uh, uh, with an opportunity to face a lower seeded team rather than uh, Georgia, one of the favorites uh, to win the SEC tournament, and Auburn with the early lead at two one over South Carolina in the bottom of the third inning. All right, updating you on uh, baseball. I was just able to to pull it up. Auburn score did not Auburn scoreless in the top of the first. Ole Miss has already scored a run and has runners at first and second with two down in the bottom of the first. So Ole Miss out to the early one nothing lead. That's Chase Alsup getting the start for the uh, second straight week uh, on the uh, weekend opener for the Tigers. So we'll keep you updated on both those as we move along. Meanwhile, Auburn out in the bottom of the third in softball. So that goes to the fourth, and the Tigers leading it. Two to one. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the diamond, though. We'd, we'd love to talk with you about anything on your mind, sports wise, if we get a chance. I, I mentioned yesterday that uh, Doug Amos had had uh, an opportunity to to uh, spend some time on the air with Peyton Thorne, Auburn's transfer quarterback from Michigan State, and uh, sort of went into how that all worked out. Uh, they were there for the uh, Lutzy Forty Three Foundation golf tournament in Sylacauga yesterday and Mike Lutzenkirchen played high school football for Peyton Thorne's grandfather who then went on to become a division three college coach uh Peyton's dad uh then after after his college career um followed his father his grandfather uh and from the height from the high school where Mike Lutzenkirchen played to the uh, to the Division three school, and as a matter of fact, replaced his dad as the head coach there. So the Lutzenkirkins have known the Thorns for a long time. So that's sort of how Doug was able to get Peyton on. And if we get an opportunity, uh, we uh, we may play that interview that uh, Doug Amos had yesterday with Peyton Thorn. But again, we're wide open here as we get things underway in hour number one of the drive which is brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline, where you can call in uh, by uh, calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Speaking of the softball team, uh, as they're in action right now, uh, Matty Penta. SEC uh, pitcher of the year and very deserved, uh, very deserving of that honor. I mean, we talked yesterday; it was very unlike her. Did you uh, did you see her post game interview? She said, uh, you know, she really didn't have her stuff, but then she just had to remind herself, 
I'm Matty Penta. Right. All SEC first-team selection, also all defensive team uh, selection. Uh, the uh, the team, as AL.com points out, uh, picked to finish ninth in the conference. Uh, Matty Penta, big reason why, as uh, Auburn uh, was, was able to finish a third in the conference in the regular season. She's Auburn's first SEC Pitcher of the Year uh, in, uh, in the history of the softball program. Uh, she's the uh, uh, first All-SEC back-to-back selection uh, for Auburn since Casey Cooper. Uh, Auburn, uh, uh, let's see here, Penta went... 12 and 2 with one save in conference play. I had an ERA just over 1 in 16 appearances, 15 starts. She she's went, pitching right now. She's pitching right now and she was I uh, just looked up and there she is. That's right. Okay. I saw, saw her warm up before and uh, uh she is uh let's see she 13 uh complete games in 15 starts, six of them shutouts. Uh, it's the best ERA by an Auburn pitcher in SEC play in uh, a single season in program history, and it was the best ERA among any pitcher in the league who had at least 65 innings. So a dominant season for Maddie Penta, and she is the conference's pitcher of the year. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to Maddie. As Auburn looking to continue, I mean, Auburn, I think, has wrapped up hosting a regional. They shouldn't be. It's hard, hard to imagine they're not going to be able to now after going 16-8 and eight in conference play, finishing third in the SEC, winning that first-round game. Uh, they, they should be in good shape, but, I mean, heck, they want to keep winning. Love, love to win the, uh, the conference tournament. Same, uh, same format for the postseason in softball? Yeah. Is it it's eight, eight, uh, 16, 16. 16 to 8 to, to mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, the big... Uh, the, the to the College thing, yeah. World Series. Yeah, so, well, hold on. So it's sixty-four to sixteen. Yes, and then sixteen to eight, and then yeah. eight go to the yeah to the College mm-hmm. World Series. So it's uh, yeah. So sixteen Auburn baseball. Uh, we've had some more talk about the possibility of of Auburn baseball playing their way into a hosting situation. They need to finish at least five hundred in conference play, I think, um, because they. Uh, what are they? Twenty-seven, nineteen, and one right now. So I think four wins in their next six would probably four put in their them next in, six. Yeah. But I think they'd also need to win a game or two in the SEC tournament. And if they do that, thirty-three wins, five, over five hundred in SEC play. That's the way it would be. I mean, because if you win four of the next six, you're fifteen and fifteen. You win two in the tournament, you lose. You know, losing a double limit, you're two and two. So you you want to you want to be five hundred in should, conference. I should check to see how often a fourteen or fifteen win. Fifteen win teams have hosted. That's not uncommon at all. Fourteen. It's less common. You think? Very less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very less likely. So it's that, happened, but it's not nearly as likely. So that seems to be a pretty important number. Yeah. You know, it's at the threshold that you need to get mm-hmm. to to. Uh, uh, to to decide that you're you're, you're yeah well to play your way into hosting position be be five hundred or better in in a in a very very in the in the toughest conference in the country three three four three two one thirteen ninety we'd love for you to join in anything on your mind sports wise do they do they take geography into consideration when they send you if you're a two seed like do, yes. they, do they factor in they they, they want to. Reduce they travel? usually do. Okay. Yeah, they usually do. That's one of the reasons why Auburn has been in Tallahassee so many times. Wonder, I, should, I should check to see the other top teams in, uh, in in the college baseball polls right now and see where if Auburn's not uh, hosting a regional, where where they could be, uh, where they could be. Because you usually don't. It's usually not someone in your conference, right? You're not. No, gonna, no. It's uh, uh, hardly. It's it's almost never. I mean, if possible, and it's always possible to uh, to go ahead and put you know put a team somewhere else. So no, it wouldn't be. In, 
at an SEC site. Right. So your top non-SEC programs, which makes it a little bit tougher, Bill. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. SEC teams there near the top. Your your top non-SEC programs right now in college baseball. Wake Forest is. I'm using the D uh, the D1 baseball. Yeah, you said Wake yesterday's number yeah. one. Right. D, D1 baseball top 25. Wake jumped LSU uh, last week after Auburn beat LSU in the series. Uh, Stanford is four. Coastal Carolina is eight. UConn is nine. Duke is ten. Miami is eleven. West Virginia is twelve. Campbell is thirteen. I believe they're the Campbell Campbells. Yes, yeah, they are the Campbells. Yeah. So uh, uh, East Carolina is fourteen. Oregon State, where Auburn uh, played the Super Regional mm-hmm. uh, last year in Corvallis, uh, they're they're the number fifteen team in the country. Clemson, that that one stands out right as immediate, immediately as a possibility if they're uh, if if they're in the hosting mix. Clemson is the number sixteen team. Yeah, that, the, that, that uh, does that that sounds that that just seems like that, a likely landing that, spot. That, that if rings, not hosting. That rings a bell, doesn't it? Yeah, yep. Clemson there at sixteen. Dallas Baptist, who we were talking about earlier uh, this week, as a, a program that's. You know, really dedicated itself to becoming a top tier baseball program. Uh, they're uh, they're eighteen. A couple other programs in the mix there. Southern Miss is the number twenty five team in the country as well in the, in Hattiesburg. Yeah, so, uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I mean, the first thing though Auburn needs to do is they need to continue winning, and uh, they they were able to uh, prevent any more run scoring. By the way, that was an unearned run that Ole Miss scored. Looked like uh, Cole Foster with an error. That uh, allowed a runner to reach base, and then the run scored. So Auburn batting in the top of the second, one out, runner at first, trailing one to nothing. We're just underway here on the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. We'll get to our first break. Come on in and join us. Hey, Auburn Opelika, Tay Gibbs here with Fairway Auto Brokers. Join us on Friday, May 5th through Saturday, May 13th for our window tag tent sale. Hundreds of vehicles marked down on location only. Grab your family and head over to Fairway Auto Brokers for our window tag tent sale. Friday, May 6th through Saturday, May 13th. Wings 94.3 will be live on site Saturday, May 6th and May 13th, along with free food Saturday and thousands of dollars in giveaway prizes. Don't forget, friends, Fairway Auto Brokers, located at East Glen, across the street from Akata. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. You know, I've heard other shows where what we're discussing here during the break would end up taking up a lot of the show. I, I, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that and, and have people because one thing that I mean, I love fantasy sports. I, I am not thrilled listening to other people talking about their fantasy well, leagues. Well, fantasy, fantasy. If you want to talk about of, just fantasy overall, fantasy analysis. Yeah, that's fine. But don't give me this. Here's what's going on in my league, and here's who's doing like, what. Like, spare, like sparing no. people of those details. But there is a big deal. There's a big story in baseball uh, tonight, which is that Yuri Perez is making his debut for the for the Miami Marlins. He's the uh, the youngest uh, the youngest starter. Since 
2016, since Julio Urias. Wow. He will be the youngest National League starting pitcher not 20, since Julio Urias in 2016. Not 21 years old, right? He's under, I believe. He had just, he turned 20 last week. Yeah, he's, he's just, he just, just turned Yeah, he just got out of his six, teenage years. Six foot eight. Six foot eight. Six foot yeah. eight. Uh, Man, that uh, is a big pitching yeah, staff. Big, big I mean, guy. I mean, I mean, have you realized how big those guys Braxton's are? Braxton's huge, isn't he? Braxton Garrett is six six. Yeah. Edward Cabrera is six five. Uh, Sandy Alcantara is six five or six yeah, six. Sandy's because huge. Alcantara picked uh, Perez up at the airport. Did you see the video? I did see that. Yeah. Perez is not that much taller. Alcantara is a little more filled out. They, uh, he's a little older. No, I, I mean that is a giant. Well, they're all, maybe a pretty good basketball team. But they're all they're all homegrown too, right? They're all yeah, drafted, they are. drafted yeah, and scouted are. and signed by the Marlins. So I mm-hmm. mean, this is a but it's a it's a big day for the Marlins organization. A guy they believe could be, you know, key part of their future as a as a starting pitcher, making his uh, debut tonight. Very young guy, like you said, and uh, and yeah, somebody who I imagine could be a hot property in fantasy baseball leagues for a long time to come. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. Let's see, Auburn has tied it up in the uh, top of the second inning on a uh, Case and Howell double. Man, he is he is Mister Double. He is the nation's um, active career leader in doubles, and uh, he he doubles in Ike Irish, who uh, singled with one out. Now Caden Green's been hit by a pitch, so Auburn with runners at first and second. Um, and a bomb. Nate LaRue with a three-run homer. Wow. Nate's bat coming around. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, that's it's his third swing. that's his third homer in the uh in, in the last um well, I guess in the last four games. Wow. So uh so Nate LaRue with a three-run homer and Auburn answering quickly after the run, the unearned run that Ole Miss scored in the bottom of the first. The Tigers with a four spot and still batting in the top of the second inning, yeah, and that Larue home run would have just happened too. Yeah, right? I mean, because... I, I mean, I was refreshing. It was like one to one. I looked, I looked down for a second, and as I looked up, it was like, wait a minute, the bases are cleared. Ah, that's because of the uh, three run homer by Nate Larue. Yeah, so. and, and, and yeah, Case and Howell getting the double right before that to set it up, and then mm-hmm. yeah, Larue, Larue uh, bring, bringing him home. Yeah, so uh, we'll keep you up on that. Now, uh, yeah, so I was mentioning if we get a chance, we'll run the. Uh, Doug Amos' interview with Peyton Thorne, the, uh, the, the young man who is transferring in from Michigan State. And we talked about it with uh, Justin Ferguson yesterday. I mean, could be any time. I mean, Auburn could be adding to the uh, number of transfers that they have. Auburn had a couple of players visit the last couple of days. Uh, the, the big junior college offensive lineman, Markel Bell, I believe he's still going to visit Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And says he'd like to have his decision made by the end of May. And then the, uh, the linebacker from North Texas, Larry Nixon, also in. And, uh, he seemed very impressed with Auburn. I think he's got one. He had one more visit. I don't recall where it was. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm blanking on where he has, I think he has one more visit. So, um, He's though looks like he's not his, too far away from making the decision. He, he's the he's the North Texas player I don't know as much about. I know the um, Nixon was a all first team all uh, all conference linebacker, a uh, guy that just became a starter for for the first time this past year. Put up really good numbers. Had uh, 120 something tackles. Uh, had 
I think uh, seven and a half uh, tackles for loss and two and a half or three sacks. A 6'2", 235-pound middle linebacker. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a position where Graduate we, transfer. we've wondered where with the last few spots that seem open on this team, where might Auburn want to add uh, depth or talent or even you know, f- find someone who, uh, who, who could be uh, in the mix to start immediately. If there's a veteran, you know, I, I think they've, they've shown a willingness to go into the group of five level already. And uh, if there's somebody uh, in the whether it's it, I mean, what, what were your what was your answer yesterday or the, the other day, Bill, when we were saying uh, with, with the last couple of scholarships open, where where do you think Auburn could be looking to add veteran players? Because linebacker was one of them. Yeah, and, I think and that's well, where, I, and that's where uh, uh, Larry could be uh, uh, could could be helpful. Yeah, and my feeling was if you you'd love to get an edge. If you can't get an edge, then get a linebacker, and then you could look at Cam Riley on the edge. But, I mean, hey, if you can get a linebacker and an edge, that's great because Auburn could use a little more experience there at linebacker, even though they were really, really pleased with the way the backers played the spring. The top priority is wide receiver. That's, there's no question about that. That's the first thing that Hugh Freeze said when he was asked about it. He said one or two more wide receivers. Uh, it would just be interesting to, to see when these guys – are ready to make decisions. Uh, talking about Montana Lamonius Craig and uh, Jair Shorter, you know when when are they are, are they done making visits? I thought I thought uh, Lamonius Craig was thought he was done with his visits. Yeah, I was under the impression that he was he was on campus at Colorado uh, this week finishing up classes, and maybe he will take a visit this weekend. I don't know. I I, I mean, a lot of the buzz around Lamonius Craig is. The renewed push by Colorado to get him to stay. I would, I would, I would handicap it, Bill, that Auburn's toughest competition for Montana Lamonius Craig is the possibility that he drops out of the portal and goes back to Colorado and is uh, is is back in the fold there. Like that, that would be. And and we've seen situations before where Auburn's won recruiting battles in football and other sports where the the biggest competition seemed to be. The school trying to lure the player back out of the portal, uh, but in this case, yeah, that that would that would seem to be the deal with with Lamonius Craig. I mean, there are other schools. I think I think he has taken a visit somewhere else. I can't remember off the top of my head where else. Uh, Ole, uh, Ole Miss was it Ole Miss? Okay, yes. so 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 we'll, you know don't don't discount the possibility that Ole Miss uh, could could add him as well. I mean, Lane Kiffin has uh, he's he's landed uh, pass catchers in mm-hmm. the portal uh, before, but just the uh, Colorado would would be the one that I would watch out for with Lamonius Craig. The, the chance that he uh, that, that he drops back and stick and sticks around. I I, I just have a feeling that uh, by early next week we'll know what he's going to do. Three three four three two one. And I would make Auburn. I would make Auburn the favorite too, based on what I'm hearing. Even even Colorado people, mm-hmm. I believe, who are you know who are pressed for an answer, would predict Auburn. Uh, you know, or, or have predicted Auburn. Some of the folks online. So I would I would make Auburn the favorite for Lamonius Craig. But uh, that's uh, yeah. Colorado and Ole Miss appear to be Auburn's top competition. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Shane is up first. Hey, Shane. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Hey, good. Shane. Good to hear from you. Yeah, um, I just just didn't know if y'all were uh, listening to the uh, the baseball game. We just... we just No, it's sort of hard out. to do while you're talking. Uh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. What? Hey, uh, I, I, was, uh, I was wondering what the odd chances are that we might could host 
if let's just say we sweep these two series. Oh, we'll sweep, the, sweep these two yeah. series. I think Auburn's got a really good chance. Earlier in the hosting. show, Shane. Earlier in the show, we were talking about the number and Bill's breakdown is that it, it seems like the difference between fourteen and fifteen regular season conference wins is really important. Auburn goes into this series with eleven, with six games left in league play. If you can get to fifteen, it feels likely that you'd be hosting in regional play. I still think if you get to 15, I think you need to win a couple in the SEC tournament. If you get to 16, um, I still think maybe a win in the SEC tournament. Hey, if you sweep these last two series and you're 17 and 13 in the SEC, uh, I'd be shocked if you're not hosting. If, if we sweep the last two series, we we would probably be one of, the, one of if not the hottest team in baseball right now, coming off of Oh yeah, series wins that you know number one, number two that sweep the last two series. You got to think that Auburn will be you know a hot commodity. Auburn would have one of the better records over the final four series, like in in the con. I mean, if you if you're talking about at that point Auburn finishing, I, think it's I mean, no, that yeah, you'd be talking about Auburn finishing ten and two in their final in their final twelve SEC games again with with a six and zero oh finish in these final two. I I think that uh, if Auburn if Auburn gets to 14 regular season wins, uh, it, that, that fair, would I, I think 14 and 16 going into the SEC tournament. I don't, I don't think that'll get you a host. You, th- you think you're one yeah. of the top two seeds? Uh, you're pro- well, I think Auburn right now is projecting as a two seed right. at a lot of places, so I think 14 probably uh, gets you a two seed. Yeah, we, we were talking in the first segment about some of the places regionally that may, uh, that may be hosting that, that Auburn could be playing in regional play if Auburn isn't a host. Clemson immediately, you know, rang some, rang some bells because they're in the top 20 in a lot of polls as a, as a, a folk. And, and then there's a couple of uh, Coastal Carolina and Southern Miss, a couple of, uh, of, of Sunbelt teams that, that are in the, uh, in, in the conversation to be hosting in regional play as well. All right, guys. Uh, y'all hear about the, uh, I'm, I'm sure you did, but uh, we're, we're hosting the uh, softball next uh, championship. Yeah, that's great. Hosting a tournament. Yeah, got the SEC yeah. tournament coming yeah, that, to Auburn. That'll be fun, man. I, I've been able to go, uh, I, I mean, it's women's basketball and not softball, but I've been able to go to the Sunbelt tournament in Pensacola last couple of years, and, and conference tournament action is, is just a blast if you can uh, mm-hmm. if you can go, especially. Hey, so, yeah, I, I'm going to hang like up this. and listen, um, but, but with this last last comment or question, um, my, my wife and, and I and family, we love going to the softball games, and um, any any news that they might be expanding so that, you know, some, some other – People might be able to, you know. I would love to get some season tickets if, if that was possible. But as soon as one comes up, they're 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 taken. So any any news that they might be expanding since you know we seem to be doing you know going on the up on that. You know, I hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, interesting thought and question about that, Shane. I mean, there was some talk about it a few years ago. Uh, and, and then, quite frankly, Auburn softball wasn't as good. The tickets weren't in as quite high a demand. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, I think I mean there there are a lot of a lot of projects going on with Auburn athletics, and uh, I would think that John Cohen's going to, you know, especially with the SEC tournament coming, um, look at some possibilities. Appreciate the call, Shane. Need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Friday Drive.
live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Yeah, it looks like a, a nice weekend. Going to be a warm one. As I mentioned a while ago, looked like temperatures in the 90s by uh, Sunday, which is Mother's Day. So it uh, looks, looks like it's going to be a, a, uh, a, an interesting weekend. The SEC softball tournament continuing in uh, Fayetteville and Auburn leading South Carolina 2-1. to one. As the uh, Tigers bat in the bottom of the fourth, looking to advance. That was Auburn's first trip to the semifinals in a while uh, by, by getting the win yesterday. And uh, they're ahead 2-1 with uh, Matty Penta, who struggled yesterday, but as Dan said, was named the SEC Pitcher of the Year earlier today. Um, pitching much better today because she is Matty Penta. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, she is. Um, Auburn men's basketball could be having a big weekend, right? I mean, we're still we feel like we're on the horizon. I of... think we're getting close. Yeah. yeah, because the the G League Elite Camp is tomorrow and Sunday, and uh, that's that's where Tyron Lawrence and Janai Broom are. But Tyron Lawrence is the you know I think he I mean he's a guy that Auburn really really needs. I feel like Auburn is going to be his destination if he's playing college now, ball next year. Now, I guess my question with Lawrence would be, would you play him alongside Denver Jones? And, and would the two yeah, of them you could. play? Would one of them be? One sort of them's a two, the other one's a three, I guess. You're a little undersized. That's that's, that's my concern there. Is it, would, would the, would the, well, would that's, the worry be? Well, that's what, uh, uh, was it Justin that was talking about? It'd sort of be like back to the Samir Dowdy as your... Three. Yeah, and Bruce wasn't afraid of having no. Samir Dowdy at the three and, and, and trusting Samir to be that size. And if you, you know, if anything, it, may, it maybe can help you be up tempo the smaller you get and, 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 the, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and the faster you can get into place in those situations. You know, it remains to be seen, I mean, with, with both Trey and Holloway, like what kind of tempo and what kind of speed Bruce is going to expect. If anything, under Wendell, things were more measured at times, right? And it felt like almost, you know, Auburn was attempting. To slow things down, uh, to conserve some of the energy they were going to have on the half court defense. That was the hypothesis, you know, we threw out there a couple of times about what Auburn was trying to do. But that's you know, a lot of that's dictated by the point guard. So we'll see with with Aiden and, and with Trey what you've got. But yeah, I was just wondering about that with with Tyron Lawrence and and Denver. Is Denver Jones big enough to be a three in a Bruce system, well, or does he feel like a, does they, he feel like a they, guard? Aren't they both? Six four. That's what I mean. So I mean, and, and that's that's interesting because we were speculating yesterday about if Auburn adds two more wings, you know, what's the role for Katie Johnson on this team? What's the you know what, what is the what's the path to playing time for him with Denver Jones? If Auburn were to add on top of bringing in Cheney Johnson, who can play Cheney uh, Johnson is a three four is is a is a, I, is, a, is, a th- like. is a three four, but it, but if he's taking minutes at the three. That you know that that moves Denver Jones and maybe Tyron Lawrence if Tyron Lawrence is on the team to the two. So it was like we were saying if if Auburn were to add, I can understand why why Tyron Lawrence and uh, Julian Phillips 
is the dream sure. scenario. Especially if Julian Phillips can get eligible immediately, which we think he, he will be able to, uh, despite the uh, despite the, the SEC. Yeah, I, I think the SEC is uh, before or or as, if Julian Phillips says anything about transferring or even inquires, I think the SEC will just rubber stamp the NCAA's May 11th date, or it's it's 60 days after the NCAA selection date. Yeah, if the portal's still open, I mean, I just, I can't imagine the SEC trying to fight for that May 1st deadline. I mean, maybe it, I don't know. I mean, it just, it's, a, it's a strange, I'm, I'm surprised, to be honest, I'm surprised they went into this portal with with that thing still into place. I don't know the earliest they could have repealed it, but I would be surprised to see that as an obstacle. But anyways, if Auburn lands those two, that's 11 players, Bill. Right? That's 11, right. 11 veterans with, with an idea that they're going to be in the rotation. Maybe all of them will, in fact, be in the rotation. Bruce has been able to manage that's, 11 before. There aren't many, there aren't many teams that... That even try to go more than much more than eight. I mean, if if you're if you're doing that, I wonder if I wonder if the the plan is just to be warp speed right on both on both ends of the floor and and limit the minutes because you you can you better maximize your minutes. We're going to have as many possessions as possible, so the minutes you can have, you know, you'll you'll get as many opportunities as possible on both sides of the ball. But I mean, that's and and you won't worry about fatigue as much because you're playing eleven guys, and and maybe they you know you would think that they'll be fresh and able to. Routinely substitute. It'd be fascinating to see. It really would if if, if Auburn attempts it. But Auburn's got to land some pieces before we we, we get into. Yeah, this. that's right, and that's the thing right now. I mean, uh, you know, it's not like Auburn is is uh, um, devoid talent uh, because they've added, as we mentioned, Denver Jones, Cheney Johnson. But I mean, everybody's waiting for that bigger name, and that's where Tyron Lawrence and for sure Julian Phillips. Uh, are right now. Yeah, Julian Phillips has been uh, you know doing some draft workout stuff mm-hmm. this week. Uh, no real timetable on. I mean, I guess May thirty first. Yeah, he's got till the, the end of the month. Yeah, May May thirty first is the deadline, uh, but no word on. So know. so yeah, he's not going. To, he's not going to be making any visits or anything. I don't think until he's made a decision as to whether he's you know sticking in the NBA draft. Right, but he may make that decision before May 31st yeah, if he decides he's coming back to college. So he might be able to take some visits in uh in May and and try to figure out where he's going. One would think just like in college football, one would think you'd want to be on campus and familiarizing yourself with uh with with your teammates and your new school and your new city. Yeah. As, as early as you can. Yeah, although it's not as critical for basketball. I mean, because, uh, you know, you'll get some summer workouts um, later in the summer. And then, uh, you know, practice doesn't officially start until October. Yeah, I wonder how late we'll see basketball players push it in the portal. Well, that's a good, because I, I would think they'd want to be on campus you know, for for the summer, just for, probably for social, for, yeah, it, for it, social it, reasons more than for basketball X's and O's. Although you got you know you want to learn you 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 know there's 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 other aspects of being on a team. I imagine that you'd want to be you'd want to be there for if you can. But maybe we'll see guys enroll in August. Well, I think what you'd more likely see, and and I don't know uh, if if every school has like many sessions the way Auburn does. But, I mean, Auburn's got a situation where June 27th is the second summer session. So, basketball players, I would think uh, if you're going to take a class or two, that's a good time to get started so that you're taking a class or so before the uh, fall term gets started. 334-321-1390. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. 
Uh, let's see. Softball still 2-1 to one, Auburn with uh, South Carolina batting in the top of the fifth. Meanwhile, Auburn has extended its lead 6-1 to one on a two-run single by Caden Green in the top of the third, and they're threatening to add more. So Auburn jumping out big. This is this is good, too. This is with Chase Alsup on the mound, and you've got your more proven guys. Alsup, I really thought after the first couple of batters last week, he hit the leadoff batter and gave up a two-run homer. After that, he really pitched well, and he's given up an unearned run, and then uh, – you know, he's got to have some confidence right now with Auburn scoring six runs. Auburn already six runs on seven hits through two and a third innings. So, um, so yeah, the Tigers off to a good start in Oxford. The question there is going to be, can they get two games in today before the Reigns come back? Yeah, I mean, and if they, I mean, I, I guess... What is the policy on plan on Sunday in these situations? They absolutely can't. Ah, uh, no, because travel plans. You, right. You, I mean, you, you're you've got travel on Saturday. They they probably got a. All right, things have got to be over by a certain time on Saturday. Set a hard uh, out, a hard out Saturday night. Yeah, or something but I, I think yeah, I, I think they could probably they can probably go. Um, they, they have have some leeway to be able to play a few extra innings on Saturday if need be. So. Um, you know, a lot of times it just depends. But this time, I think, you know, hopefully the weather cooperates enough for Auburn to be able to play all three games. You really you wonder how much Ole Miss really wanted to play this this series. Like I said, I thought they could have played last night. I saw some uh, saw some quotes, and we're up against a break, so we can talk about this when we come back. I saw some quotes from twenty four seven folks, national folks, not the local guys, about the. Robbie Ashford versus Peyton Thorne uh-huh. competition. And, oh, I've uh, seen, yeah, some some uh, really uh, opposite opinions. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit when we come back. All right, we'll do that. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air's newest giveaway is going to help you see the light. Your home is about to get a glow up when you receive $5,000 in new landscape lighting, making you the light of the party all summer long. But don't turn the lights off yet. To brighten your day, we're going to be giving away prizes every week on our website and social media pages leading up to the grand prize announcement on May 31st. You have between now and May 28th to enter, so head over to calldixie.com to light the way with Dixie. License number 15033. Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one here on the Friday Drive with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls as we uh, sort of watch a couple of of games going on right now in the uh, SEC softball tournament. Auburn leading South Carolina 2-1 as they bat in the bottom of the fifth. And uh, meanwhile, in baseball... In the next to the last regular season series, yeah, that's that was what was a little confusing. I know uh, my wife was say, was thinking, well, is it postseason time for baseball because it is for softball? No, it's two weeks away. I mean, um, they've uh, Auburn's got Ole Miss in Oxford before Missouri comes to Auburn next Thursday through Saturday, and Auburn leads uh, Auburn leads Ole Miss. 
that is by the score of six to one. Wow! In the uh, bottom half of the third inning, Chase oh. Chase also on the mound for the Tigers, who uh, thus far two innings, two hits, an unearned run, a strikeout, and a walk. Reigning national champion, the Ole Miss. That Rebels, is right. That is right. Baseball. The yeah the the uh, defending national champs, not and and having a struggling year. But I mean, same thing happened for Mississippi State. I mean, it's funny. Um, win that national title, and then in wanna, this league, it's really, really tough to, uh, to to consistently be there at the top. Do you want to get into the minutia about whether or not it's defending or reigning in those situations? Like, is, uh, like yeah. when, when is a team the defend? Are they the defending champs defending, all season? If, yeah, I, in my mind. No, I think are. that makes sense. I just wonder because I think of defending as in like your title is on the line. It is. Yeah. When you're but but Ole Miss's championship isn't on the line today. Like they, they're they're still champions if they lose today. It's not like that's true. Like a like a boxing in a boxing match, right? Like the guy is the defending champion because right. if he loses, they're not the champ. Would Ole Miss be the reigning champion until the College World Series? And then if they get to the College World Series, they're the defending champ. Yeah, that's the... I, I I don't know. I don't think they're the reigning champion because they were the champion last year. That's why that's why I prefer defending because that means the last time there was a champion crowned. They were the champion. Isn't that what reigning? Isn't that what reigning means? Reigning is like you know, what? I don't know. I would think that's what they're, they're, they're the they're the twenty twenty they're they're the twenty twenty two national champs though. But and I it's twenty twenty three. It's interesting. No, because I, I would think you would talk about last year's champion as being the reigning champion until there's a new champion crowned. They're, they're, right? it's, what it's, are they on the tour waving? Yeah, giving giving the uh, you know the. the Do you watch any of that? Do huh? you, was any of that watched in your household? The coronation. Of what, Miss America? No, of, of, the, of the... Oh, no, the, the, God, the, no. The coronation. God, no. That was, there was a no. very famous coronation no, this no. weekend. I have no interest in any there of that. A, there's a, I, I, a, I, I, they took a thousand-year-old spoon and they dipped it in God, some water. No. I mean, why do people? Why are people so enthralled by that? Why are, why are the Brits so crazy? I mean, it's like, well, you know what? It's cool to have national pride and stuff, I suppose. And if, yeah. if, if it's, if it's a, 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 you know, a, a family with tradition that dates back all that far, it, I, I'm more confused about American interest than British interest in it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I really, I really don't understand. But it's, you know, to, to, I, each, I don't to each their own, the crown's a good show. But a lot of those people wonder, you know, what are these fools looking at people playing games? That's true. That's right. They're, you know, they're, why do they care about people playing games? <laughs> They, it's much they, more interesting watch us, to watch. They watch know, us enjoying the Macy's Day parade, right? Yeah, yeah, the, the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. They, yeah. look, look at these celebrating these cartoon balloons. Yeah, but but it, but no. So it's uh, th- this is this segment's been completely derailed. Uh, Auburn, um, Auburn softball. Yeah, where, what were we talking about? We were talking about reigning versus defending oh, yeah, champion. That's right. And, that's right. Because because Auburn. Well, is, Ole Miss won the title a year ago, and odds are they're not going to this year. And because Auburn, they're probably not even going to make the SEC tournament. They're six and eighteen in conference play, and they're down six to one. Although they do have two on with nobody out in the bottom of the third. Auburn leading Ole Miss six to one. Ole Miss the uh, the champion of of last year. So so yeah, no. And Auburn looking to get into the postseason this year. Feels Auburn like, looking to make to the. Uh, college world series for the third time in the last four times that they've had and, one and something else to remember about Ole miss that's a team that really came on strong down the stretch oh yes they did last year they were they were expected to be one of the best teams in college baseball did not play well the first half of conference play uh you know underachieved and then played like one of the best teams in the country down the stretch into the postseason they were the last team in 
based on how well they played, and they went from that to national champions. Yep. So, something to watch for no, well, that, that, with some SEC teams that are accelerating down the stretch. Well, it's very much like basketball. I mean, you want to get hot. You want to be playing your best uh, as you head into postseason. Yeah, a couple and teams. That's exactly what, uh, that's what Auburn's doing right now. A couple teams that made the Final Four this year were, were teams that people looked at. FAU, Drew's Miami Hurricanes, UConn, the, defend, you know, the team that ended up winning the championship. All, all of those were... Uh, even San Diego State played played well down the stretch. I mean, the teams that made the Final Four, one of the things about them was that all of them were teams that, I mean, they'd, they'd played well at other points in the season, too, but all of them were very dangerous teams throughout February, and it's evidence that that, that momentum can end up impacting a, uh, a, college, uh, a, a college atmosphere postseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's no doubt about it. So Auburn looking to keep up the momentum. One down, runners at second and third in baseball with that 6-1 lead. Meanwhile, in, in softball, didn't Auburn have a runner on just a second ago? Did they get a double play? No, they couldn't have got a double play. There's just one out. I thought somebody, I thought the leadoff batter got hit. Uh, maybe they overruled it like, uh, like that critical call yesterday at the end of the, of the Auburn Ole Miss softball game. Uh, but anyway, it's two to one Auburn in softball. And now they do have a base runner. Uh, but two to one is Auburn bats in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Um, again, we have that interview that uh, Doug Amos did yesterday on the Max Roundtable with Peyton Thorne. Uh, if, if we have an opportunity, we'll run it in hour number two. You want to run it at the top or the bottom? I mean, how? Uh, what's it's the, like seventeen minutes. Let's uh, let, let's bring the show back at the top and see and see how things are going. And maybe okay, we'll, and then uh, then if we get a chance uh, in the second half of hour number two, we could possibly run it. That's there. real cool, though. Yeah, no, we, we were saying um, Cole Kublick, uh who, who I imagine is involved with the Lutz and Kirkin Foundation as well. I know he tweeted something out the day Peyton Thorne committed to Auburn, uh, mentioning the tie between uh, Peyton Thorne's family and Mike Lutzenkirchen, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the going, going all the way back to the Chicago days uh, for the, for the Lutzenkirchens. Yes, Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, that's, that's where uh, Mike Lutzenkirchen was raised and, and played for John Thorne, the grandfather of Peyton Thorne. And then um, uh, Jeff, his father, was an assistant coach there at Wheaton High School and then at uh, um, North Central Illinois, which yeah. is a Division Three school. Yeah, Mike Lutzenkirchen is, is Phillip's dad, and uh, John Thorne is Peyton's granddad. Right. And Mike uh, Mike played for John uh, just, just outside of Chicago, like you said, Wheaton Central High School. All right, we need to get to our top of the hour break. We're halfway done. Was that John Hook? James. Hey, James, hang on. You'll be up first when we come back for hour number two here on the Friday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. 
I'm Doug Brown. Washington Commanders owners Dan and Tanya Snyder agree to sell the team to a group led by billionaire and Maryland native Josh Harris, a group that also includes Magic Johnson. The sale will still need league approval. A Friday night NBA Game 6 doubleheader starting at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN. Knicks and Heat in Miami. The Heat lead the series 3-2. Then Game 6 in Los Angeles for the Lakers and Warriors. The Lakers with a 3-2 lead. The Warriors are hopeful Andrew Wiggins will be able to play with a rib cartilage fracture. Anthony Davis expected to play for the Lakers. ESPN's Nick Friedle. I would expect them to try and get him the ball and allow him to find his rhythm early on because if he sets that tone as if he's going to the basket and he's knocking things down early then i think that this could be the lakers moment nick friedel talking about anthony davis we'll also have the lakers and warriors here on espn radio starting at 9 30 eastern astros second baseman jose altuve starts a rehab tonight ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan drew at the controls. And the second hour of the show brought to you, as usual, by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. And you can join us by calling the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. You can go to your favorite podcasting platform, search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. You can also use uh, the ESPN au.com podcast center or radioalabama.net to find episodes of the podcast all presented by southeastern industrial contractors you know i was just thinking about this and i and i guess it is i mean we always say the number and then you list a bunch of numbers because your number is it's like it's sort of like uh your id oh right it's it's a number even though it's more than one number you know, didn't right. I mean as I was saying that I went and the number is three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Well, the lottery number is a series of numbers, right? I mean, yeah, so, say, so, like, that, right, so that's what number. it is. It's the winning number. The the, the winning number. The the correct Ooh. number is a group of numbers. <laughs> yeah, so the, it would be very. You know, I guess who, whoever decided the phone number that we don't say. All right, my my numbers are. Uh, yeah. Right, and you could just give your phone number that way. Like it, it's it's phone number. Uh, not you phone know, numbers. it's just just one of those things that every once in a while, uh, I, I get a little. That was that was decided by like one or two people, yeah, wasn't it? Like I'm if it's sure going it to be your phone numbers are or your phone number is like. Which well, one because it is? when it first started, your phone number was a single digit. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. We got to check. You know? We got to check this building for a gas leak. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, you're right. Something like that. All right. Uh, we're keeping up with what's going on in both baseball and softball for Auburn in uh, baseball. Top four in, uh, in Oxford. Auburn with a 6-3 lead, four in the second, two in the third. Ole Miss with a run in the first, two in the third. So Auburn leading that one 6-3. Meanwhile, Auburn continuing in softball in the SEC tournament in Fayetteville to uh, lead South Carolina 2-1 to there in the top of the sixth. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. We've got a couple of callers holding, and James gets us started. Hey, James. Hey, guys. Um, so I've got uh, two things real quick. First one is, uh, so I read somewhere today, uh, I think it was online, that un- our contract with Under Armour with Auburn University comes up yep. in September. And my question is, I guess to you guys, is I know that Charles Barkley and Bo Jackson have apparel deals not with Under Armour. Mm-hmm. Would that mean we might go a different direction this time? Or how would y'all take that? I mean, what would you take away from that? I would think that uh, that's not unlikely. I mean, not just because Charles and Bo have deals with with another provider. But, um, I mean, you see Under Armour being sort of phased out. I mean, there aren't many schools left that Under Armour uh, is is working with. Notre Dame just, just, uh, you know, stopped there deal with uh, Under Armour yeah, as we well. Had, we had a caller yesterday asking about this with Justin Ferguson in the house, and Under Armour appears to be that they appear to be scaling down their college apparel uh, efforts. They're, they're not renewing as many of their contracts, and they might they might still decide that like the most important deals uh, are in place, although the, the Notre Dame one was yeah, you would think ma- maybe they're most visible. Right. I, know, I know that the company's based in Maryland, so maybe they'd want to keep the Maryland one uh, going for a long time. Texas Tech was one of the first uh, Under Armour schools, maybe they'd want to keep that one. But, no, I, I think there's an excellent chance that Auburn uh, will move to a different apparel provider. I, I don't know as much about the, you know, Frank, or not not Frank, but Bo and, and Charles Barkley, you know, influencing whether or not it's Nike, um, Adidas. Sure doesn't hurt when your yeah. two most prominent, you know, former athletes. That's true. Uh, but, are, but it, are wearing somebody else's gear. Adidas is heavily involved in, in these things, and Adidas has picked up the slack on several of the schools that have parted ways with Under Armour, including, uh, including, uh, UCLA, uh, went, went from being an Under Armour school to, to an Adidas school. So, I mean, there, there are, uh, there, there have been, there have been schools like that. So, uh, yeah, I think there's, oh, yeah, Bill, uh, we'll, we'll check, we'll check back in with Bill in a second, but no, there's, uh, uh, no, that there's there. I, I would I would think that uh, Auburn switching from Under Armour to someone else could be likely. Jordan Brand is also uh, in in these in these discussions with with college apparel. There, there are what Florida, Oklahoma, some other places are, are Jordan Brand schools. So yeah, I think I think Auburn moving away from Under Armour feels likely. Uh, you know, regardless of who the next uh, the, the next school or the next the next apparel provider is uh, for Auburn. Yeah, I, I, I felt that way too because. I'm not saying it came directly from Coach Pearl, but I know that people in the basketball program have felt uh, not competitive when it came to the apparel because Nike had the better basketball shoes and gear for basketball. Yeah, shoes has been a big deal, no question. Yeah. So, all right, well, I'll talk to you guys next week sometime. Appreciate it, James. Have a good weekend. 334-321-1390. 334-321-1390. Yeah, I, I was trying to be as quiet as possible. My leg, it's like, uh, I don't I don't think I hydrated enough okay. <laughs> today. Yeah. 
Oh, man. it's to, Like I said, today was not a bad day to be outside working, but the problem is you don't realize, you may not realize how much uh, liquid you're losing. Uh, I mean, I sweat like crazy anyway. No, you had I mean, some cloud coverage, though, but you're right. Oh, yeah, man. Be... I'm telling you, all of a sudden, both legs started cramping at the same time while James was talking, so I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you were responding. Auburn, uh, Auburn looking like they're an inning away from the finals of the, uh, of, of the, the softball tournament as they uh, take a lead into the bottom of the sixth inning. And meanwhile, in baseball in Oxford, Auburn gets out of the uh, third inning 6-3 and immediately answers back. Cole Foster with a home run to make it 7-3, and Auburn still batting in the top of the fourth. 3-3-4, 3-2-1, and Tommy is up next. Hey, Tommy. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. A couple questions about NIL. I know uh, when this first started, there was another group that was had a, had a, a group of NIL people for uh for Auburn but is on to victory the only <clears throat> NIL group now I think on to victory acquired yes uh, I forget the name of the other uh, of the group too. that started at first which is so why it was Rick, David, Rick Davidson's group yeah we had we had Rick on the show I think there were two I think there were two groups I have not heard anything other than on to victory lately and that's something that the Auburn coaches now are promoting, so I think that is the Auburn Collective. And, and, and for some reason, I want to say On to Victory acquired a group in, in, in its pre- that, was, that was part of the the origin story of On to Victory. So, so maybe, um, yeah, I mean, it, but I, but no, it would appear On to Victory has has established itself as the preferred NIL group of the of, of the university. I think Jason Campbell works for them, don't they? Yes, he does. Um, is it? public knowledge what each school's nil no. budget or no and that's one of the things that you know uh and and there's no there's no way of knowing unless a player decides to say you know what what any of the players are getting there has there have there have been some efforts to try to make that more transparent but it's it's really impossible to do because it's it's up to each group um to you know to to decide what what they want to uh um be made public and you know you have you have certain schools that that like to talk about they're in good shape and they feel good but you know they, we no, really don't know what the numbers are at one place as compared to another and, th- and there are folks who are arguing transparency would be a big step forward in the nil space because if if it were disclosed as to what student athletes were receiving from these organizations you would know if there was an organization that was lapping everyone else right in a certain sport or if there was you know a, a you know program in each conference that was dominant compared to well i mean the, the feeling the is you know miami is just paying extremely well but we don't know what oh. those numbers are or how that compares to other schools oh no and i and i caution folks against you know like i don't know if it's scapegoating but it's very easy when your school doesn't get a guy that you wanted. And you uh, they're paying else. more. Yeah, to assume that it was, and that was. I mean, if you remember the big blow up, it's a factor though. Don't don't. Oh sure, absolutely. But don't remember, think it's not. Remember uh, last year, all we could talk about was Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban this right. time last year because Jimbo Fisher took exception to Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin 
telling their fan bases, you know, A and M's that A and M bought their, their yeah, recruiting class. That, that whenever whenever a kid picks A and M instead of these other schools, it's entirely hey, because of money. Nick and but Nick was the one talking about his quarterback making a million dollars. Indeed, he was. There were any number of the funny funny circumstances there, but no. So so it's an easy thing to blame. I would say NIL matters, but a lot of schools are well positioned NIL wise, and there are other reasons why players are choosing. And in the case of Miami. I mean, so someone like Matthew Cleveland had options all over college basketball, and I think money played a factor in it, certainly, but I think he would have gotten paid no matter where he chose to go. Matthew Cleveland is, is going somewhere yeah, where he thinks he can win. He thinks he could win it all at Miami next year. Yeah, and it's not like, oh, Miami is a nobody and hasn't been, been in the tournament, and German, German Laranega is uh, when, an unproven coach or anything. When schools like Kansas and UCLA and Indiana are looking for help at the three, I feel like Kentucky would pick up the phone oh, if yeah. a big-time three called right now. Like When schools like that are in the market, I feel like the big-time prospects are getting I, – I heard a uh, – I, I was I was told by a, a source earlier today. Speaking of basketball nil, I was told by a source earlier today. Uh, Julian Phillips has signed with CAA, which is one of the big time players mm-hmm. in the nil space. And some folks were thinking, well, maybe that means he's serious about his NBA draft prospects. And there was a time not all that long ago where Julian Phillips signing with CAA would tell you, yes, he's he's very serious about staying in the draft. Now it tells me he's got someone negotiating. A pretty significant NIL deal that's going to be for wherever Julian, because it's the same conversation, right? I mean, a guy who, a big time three in college basketball right now in the portal, UCLA, Indiana, like major, major players, Kansas, Auburn are after a player like that, and it's going to be significant money no matter where they go. Yeah, I was, uh, I don't think disclosing individual player how much they're getting, I was talking about more overall, like what's Right, Auburn spending on NIL and Georgia. Sure, and then you'd have then you'd have an idea of a player if if you feel like you're on equal footing with other schools NIL and you and you lose out on a few players, then you then you start looking at some else, something else. And I think you know, just I may be wrong about this, but I wouldn't think it's out of the realm of possibility that down the road, um, some lawyer or some some group would want to know, okay, how much NIL is going to football versus baseball. Sure. Boys, you know, girls versus boys and that kind of stuff. So yeah, now of course, uh, you know the the, con- the contributors in most cases can earmark which sport or even you know which athletes they wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. But you know, over time, as this thing develops and evolves, I think you, being able to see how this trends, you know, male versus female mm-hmm. amounts and things like that. So, okay, well, thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. That, now that that's, that's still, one thing, though, that Title Nine's not going to be able to do anything no, about. No, that's well, well, that's something that's probably going to take federal intervention because I think I think that's that's something disclosure requiring disclosure either from NIL firms or from student athletes themselves, and making that public information. I think th- those two steps would I think both need to be taken at the federal level. Like that, the laws would need to change, and not state laws. Like, federal laws would probably need to change about how this whole thing's enforced before you'd get that. But you have some prominent people who think that could be one of the steps that, uh, that, that I'm trying to think of a way to, it eliminates some of the mystery behind what players are making. And like we were saying, it, it takes away, because these coaches have to deal with it too, right? These fans want to oh, know, yeah. why, you know, why, That's why, right. why aren't you getting these guys? Yeah, why didn't this player pick you? Why did he play, why did he pick somebody else? And if it's, if it's entirely about money 
or or if it's if it's heavily influenced by money, then a new coach isn't going to be able to do much about that unless you know unless he's got you know unless he's got a Swiss bank account or something that that he can that he can lean on in the back. So no, I think that's uh, among the rules that could change in the future with NIL. I think transparency or mandatory disclosure or something like that could be. Uh, absolutely could be considered. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Again, we'd love to hear from you. If only we knew a senator who was uh, <laughs> for, formerly a college football coach. That, yeah, well, that, he can't get it done by himself. No, he can't. No, he can't. But he's actually, I think he's been, he, he said some things in the last week regarding NIL uh, that could uh, uh, that, that could lead folks to believe action could be on, on the horizon. All right, we'll get to that first break of hour number two. Again, if we have a chance, we'll run uh, Doug Amos's interview from yesterday on the Max Roundtable with incoming Auburn quarterback Peyton Thorne. But your calls come first, 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through as we continue here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. And, uh, yes, uh, we're, we're, we're planning on, if we have the opportunity, we're going to run the uh, Doug Amos interview with Peyton Thorne. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. So uh, you still got a few more minutes. Well, I mean, you can call us, and we, you know, your, your calls come first, like I said, anyway. Yeah, the stars were out this week in uh, in, in Birmingham. Oh, they always right? are at Regents. Yeah, at, at Regents for this thing. I mean, Hugh, uh, Hugh yeah, you had Bo, media. Yeah, you had Bo giving the... Uh, you know, telling everyone that he's had the hiccups for a year. You had Charles uh, talking about, uh, let's see, I, I got to hear a good bit of it. You had Charles, I did not get to hear Tubbs, got to hear Charles talking about uh, the improvements in his golf game and how much longer he's going to work. I mean, it was all, it was, it was fun stuff. Yeah. And, and, uh, got to hear Hugh Freeze. We, we were just, uh, just, just mentioned Tommy Tuberville at the, at the end of the segment, uh, Alabama senator, former Auburn football coach. And, and he's, uh, uh he was there uh, at, at the region's traditional pro am. He, he talked to Cole Kublick. Yeah, man. It was like, it was like on the a, morning show. A, an orange and blue show for like two hours. It was great. He, and he said that his, um, let me see the, the quotes from the Skarbinski piece here. Uh, but, but he said that the, uh, the the bill with Joe Manchin, uh, who is a Democratic senator mm-hmm. from West Virginia, um, uh, Joe Manchin and I are. He said he said that the proposal is almost complete, will be released in a few weeks. Uh, they've been working for months on NIL legislation. Uh, they say they want to bring uniformity to the current jumble of state laws and NCAA rules on the subject, as well as the transfer portal and other. Uh, and 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 other uh, perceived uh, progressive threats. Uh, so uh, uh, th- that's and man. That's I would I, I would have loved to have just got an idea as to is it going to be are we are we, are we, are we going to have some parameters or is there going to you know uh, could there be any transparency or anything like that? Because I really don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder, and and um, you know, it it also feels like uh, th- you know there there are different. Uh, d- different different folks identifying different problems uh, mm-hmm. w- with the like I I wonder how opposed because I could see Tommy Tuberville and, and other folks who were in college athletics for a long time being opposed to 
free movement uh, within the you know with within college athletics. I don't know. The and, last time last time folks. I heard Tubbs talking, he said, "Well, that's okay," but he did think that schools should be able to sign players to multi year deals and and hold them to those deals. Yes, because that's where he said if a yeah. player if a player wants to, then they should and they should be able to be held to those deals. And he said, but there could be outs if there's a coaching change. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, I I just wonder if we're ever going to get. Why to should? A... Well, I mean, why should? Why should in college? College be the only thing where if you sign a contract, well, it, it doesn't matter at all, right? And and I, and I wonder if we're going to get to a point where, um, where where, where I mean, because I think some folks want a situation where if a player wants to leave, they're not going to be able to. And no, I don't, I don't. I don't think you should be able to do that. But I think. But that's sort of what we're talking about with well, a multi-year contract, but I, right? Well, I think wants. there might. I think there might ought to be. You can do it, and something's going to happen if you do. What, like you'd lose eligibility? Probably. Because maybe. That, maybe, that's almost, maybe if you sign an agreement that was more than a year, yeah. Right. That's. I mean, I wonder. I, that's. I think anything that imperils. You might not see anybody wanting to sign those yeah. deals. I think. I think anything that imperils. But they might be sweeter deals than once for once for one year. Right. And, and I and I wonder if. Um, yeah, I just I just wonder when we're going to see things that imperil eligibility back on the table, if at all, or or if that's something that's like a, a bygone era of well, if you do this, you're going to have to sit out a year. Because even I mean, we talk about waivers like it's a uh, it's a rubber stamp, mm-hmm. right? No, well, you, you can you can get eligible immediately. I mean, it's it's almost. I mean, Bill, it's you know we we joke about being day to day. Right, I mean, it's it is it is year to year in every sport. Oh yeah, it absolutely and, is. And it, if anything, because we've. I, You've you've said this to me, and I, I'm trying to find confirmation on this one because I don't disagree, but I, I just can't find. I know first year coaches can straight up cut players and say we're going to honor your scholarship academically, but you're not on the team anymore, and you don't count against the scholarship limit anymore. So you can go in the portal, or you can stay in school and not be on the team. But but we're we're done here. Mark, first year coaches can do that. Mark Emmert. When when he was in front of Congress, pretty much said, with with the transfer portal, you can't expect coaches to continue to hold players. As so, I mean yeah. that is that pretty much says everybody can cut anybody whenever they want. As cutthroat as it is, rather than introducing things that would that would prevent players from being able to leave if they want to, I'm all for empowering every coach in a transfer portal. Free movement Absolutely. Era, I really, yeah, every coach. You got to make the team. You have to earn your right to be on the team. And 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 I know that sounds. Every year. Because it should be four years. Hey, but, that's the way it was well, back in Little League. And I mean, no, you might you might have been on the team, you know, as an 11-year-old. That didn't guarantee you're going to be on there as a 12-year-old. And when, you're, and when you're being offered a scholarship, you're being offered a scholarship. You're not being offered four years on the team. Right. But we'll off, we'll, we'll put you through school for four years. But if, if after a year, you know, you, because now, and if there were an unlimited number, if there wasn't an 85 or a, mm-hmm. a 15 or a 13, like if those numbers didn't matter, then, then maybe it would be, okay, well, there's no reason to cut them from the team. But if, but if that, I mean, Bill, that, that 85 is going to be more important than ever before. Right, like keep. You know, oh yeah, now especially that you can get to the eighty-five every year. You, the twenty-five—that's what was yes. making it very almost impossible yes. with the transfer portal. You, you and Jason now, have both mentioned that the yeah. eighty-five is going to be more, and and that got me thinking. I mean, it's, it's hey, Auburn's going to turn over about half of that eighty-five. It's in, fair in this, in this first year. With yeah, the and, and and if if anything, if you only let first-year coaches do that. 
you're encouraging schools to make coaching changes. Because if there's a roster and you need to clear it out, if, you're, if your fifth or sixth year head coach isn't empowered to cut half the roster because only first-year coaches can do it. Yeah, then then he won't be a sixth or seventh year. What, yeah, what message are you telling? Like you're almost, <laughs> it's almost a rule. And I know that's not the intention of the rule, but but isn't doesn't the rule almost suggest to schools, well, hey, you better fire that guy and hire someone who's a first-year coach. Yeah, because so he yeah, he's the only one that can uh, completely turn the roster over. Yeah, and, and, yeah you can't have that. And it again, can't be like and, that. And, it, and it, would be, it would be different if, if if we weren't talking about honoring scholarships, like if 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 it were right, just right, they're going to be able they're going to be able to continue to get their education yeah. if that's what they care about. If you were getting thrown on the street like a like a monopoly card, right? Like if here's your option. Just, here, your option is you can stay here and stay on scholarship or hit the portal. Yes, if, if you're, good luck to you there. Being to, you know, if you're being tossed out back, that's one thing. And you no. wish you all the best. And and uh, you know, I'd, I'd read recently that Lincoln Riley had about a dozen players from his first from the team he inherited at USC that took him up on the scholarship offer and didn't go in the portal. Portal and decided we're gonna we're gonna take a degree from USC and move on with our lives, not on the football team anymore, but just as a. It sounds like Dion. A lot of these players that that went in the portal at Colorado were told this is your other option. It's not compete for a spot on the team. Right. It's well, I you mean, will be cut. I'd never heard of this before. Billy Napier did it last year to a, to about a half dozen kids that he inherited at Florida. Yeah, I, I was I was unfamiliar with the rule. Well, the other thing to keep in mind is go look at the numbers. And over the last couple of years, Alabama's been among the top number of uh, players entering the portal. You think all of them are just entering the portal on their own, or do you think Nick Saban is saying, you know, um, you probably ought to look for someplace else because uh, you're not going to be seeing the field? Well, that much you know, yet. and I've and I've wondered if. If just just like with coaches speculating that you can you can get a waiver for immediate eligibility by citing a handful of things, I wonder if there behind the scenes there are situations where this football player isn't working out, it not not in the gym, but it's you know things right. aren't working out with with the team. It's you know it's, it's his his future seems limited as a, as a as a contributor. Can you? Find an injury that that would would red flag the rest of his career and allow for a medical retirement. Can players like what sort of freedom do players have to 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 use a, a medical retirement in that situation where a school can in, can sort of incur like like I, I wonder what options are at a coach's disposal or have been at a coach's disposal for years to uh, to to. I think to, the transfer portal has made it a lot yeah. easier because you can. There's an option there. It's not just like. Uh, you know, you need to try to and try to help help find them someplace. Sure, now it's like, hey, you've got you've got more options you can go to. But does but in a world where because because I'm I'm largely for players being able to leave if they want to. Like even even in you know now if guys are signing multi year deals, that's one thing. But I would kind of frown upon the practice of multi year deals because so much can change in college athletics. I just think if you if it's not what you wanted, then. Go go find what you wanted and 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 best of luck to you. And the school will probably need your spot for someone else that that is excited about being. The only in, thing about that, the, yeah, the only thing about that is I always think that like and and then what are you teaching them when they're when they're moving on to the professional level? They don't like a team. Well, it's too bad. That's just too bad. You can't just be a free agent in professional. That's true. In professional that's, sports, that, that's, just because you're not happy with that team. Oh, see, I thought. Year. See, I I would be more concerned about what that teaches the players that aren't going to grow up to be professional athletes in that situation. You would think, all right, well, in, in that situation, just just you know, just walk. But you know, in some cases, 
I, I don't people know. Are, I, do, in situations I, where I they do should walk worry. Out. I do worry about people that just feel like, uh, you know, it's 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 okay just to never really have to stick to anything. It's like if it's not exactly what I want from day one, I'm just going going somewhere else. But I it, don't know. It, that's just the that's know. the that's the old in me. I mean, you know. That's, it, but I'd be more concerned if I'd be more concerned if they were leaving the sport, right? Like if it if it's all right, we're gonna find a better. You're, you're gonna find a situation that's more your style as a team or as a college campus because so I mean the the percentage of of people who go to more than one college nowadays, just not student-athletes. Oh, yeah? Just regular, I, I, like I, I have no it's idea an, it's, an, it's an astonishing number. I was I was blown away. People have cited that as a reason why players should have immediate eligibility because oh, it's, well, it's normal, for, it's normal for, for standard college students. To, to switch schools, and it, it is an it's a it's a maybe one day they'll have they'll have to try to help their kids figure out what they're gonna do. <laughs> it's like man, I don't know. All right, we need to get to break before I before I get grumpier. When we come back, if we uh, have the opportunity, we're gonna run Doug Amos's interview from yesterday on the uh, Max Roundtable with Peyton Thorne. So stick with us here on the Friday Drive. and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Friday. Quick update on the Diamond Baseball. Ole Miss with a run in the bottom of the fifth. Runners at first and second, two down. They've cut Auburn's lead to seven to four. Meanwhile, softball, Auburn an out away. South Carolina with a runner at first, two down here in the seventh inning. And there is a drive. And South Carolina has taken a three to two lead. A two run homer with two outs in the seventh inning in South Carolina leading Auburn three to two. The Tigers will have one final chance if they get the uh, third out here with no further damage. All right, while we've got South a little Carolina, bit of time. It's worth pointing out, Bill. South Carolina may not be an NCAA tournament team if they don't win the SEC yeah. tournament. The 10 seed from the SEC. Really playing well here in the tourney. And, and yeah, I mean, play, late, they, play, they've been really dangerous here in the late innings. Playing for their lives and... With uh, what would they had the, the two down and a one one count and a runner at first. Well, that that's after they beat Georgia after a four hour delay yep. uh, last night. You know, game went uh, you know started started much much later than originally anticipated. They were able to uh, uh, to to win that game against the two seed in the tournament. And then yeah, a a bomb uh, with two outs yeah. in the seventh inning uh, with Auburn just one out away uh, from the finals. Now they've got to uh, now they got a rally in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Maddie Penta was in line for the win, uh, and now, I mean, she's not in right now, so uh, we'll see. All right, let's uh, let's run the interview. Doug Amos yesterday on the Max Roundtable had the opportunity to talk with incoming Auburn quarterback Peyton Thorne. 
Doug Amos, Charlie Trotman, Mike Lutz, and Kirk in here. And I know a lot of our Auburn fans in Montgomery are excited, but we're syndicated in Auburn, Opelika, and I know they're listening now because we've got Peyton Thorne on with us, one of the newest Auburn Tigers that transfer from Michigan State, the two-time captain of the Spartans. Peyton, good morning to you, buddy. We very much appreciate your time. Good morning. Appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and having me on. Mike? Hey, Peyton, it's Mr. Lutz and Kirk and Mike. It's great to hear your voice and get reconnected. Oh, thank you. It's great to hear your voice as well. So let's talk some. Um, Auburn, is my understanding, you're coming to town on Sunday uh, to get things cranked up. And, and by the way, Charlie Trotman, my co-host, is a three-year starter at Auburn in, for, at quarterback back in the 70s. So he probably can uh, fill you in a little bit. But uh, what drew you to Auburn? What was it that said, that's where I want to be? Yeah, you know, uh, when I was down for my visit, you know, I was there for a day, just an unofficial visit, but, you know, it was a great time. Obviously got to meet Coach Freeze, Coach Montgomery, and listen to them talk football and, and watching what they do on offense, uh, along with uh, many other things, you know, getting to see the facility, getting to see the town, and then just everything that I've heard about Auburn and Auburn football has been nothing but great things. So uh, I was very excited when I was down there with my dad, you know, we talked for a while about it, and you know, it really, uh, you know, Coach Freeze made it made it an easy decision for me. Peyton, this is Charlie Trotman. We're extremely, extremely excited to uh, to watch you in an Auburn uniform. One of the things I was going to ask you is anything in particular about the Hugh Freeze offense that that drew you to. Uh, to the Tigers and and uh, the uh, the possibility of uh, leading this this offense, the first offense that Hugh Freeze will put on the field. Yeah, you know, I think you just look at his his history of offense, and I don't have you know the official numbers with me or anything like that. But you know, obviously, he's been a successful head coach and and has had successful offenses as well. And you know, when I was watching film with them, just looking at the different things they do, uh, the different tempos they use. And um, just the way they get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and, and different things that they do, you know, there's a lot of variety. And, uh, you know, they made it clear that uh, they value the quarterback and, and they make sure that, you know, a lot of things, um, you know, I try, I'm trying to word this the best way, but you know, it, it revolves around the quarterback, I guess you could say. You know, you, we're not, you, Coach sure. Reed doesn't believe in trying to make somebody do something that he's not used to doing or, you know, his style isn't going to incorporate, you know. So, you know, I probably didn't word that completely the best, but I think you guys know what I'm saying. Well, to, to the audience, I'll tell you what I love about Peyton. I know his grandfather and grandmother from his father's side. I know his, his father. Um, there's a legacy there, Wheaton, Illinois, uh, Wheaton Central High School, uh, to Wheaton Warrenville South. Um, to be on this show, Peyton just wouldn't just accept coming on this show. This is the quality young man you have. He wanted to make sure it was appropriate through Auburn Athletics and compliance, so we went that route versus just jumping on this this. Um, the show, and I'm, I'm not sure in today's day and age of what's going on with Transfer Portal and NIL and kind of the Wild West that a lot of kids are going to do that. So uh, I've been telling people, Peyton, since you uh, committed to come down here, you and I haven't met that often. If you remember, it was at Naperville Central. But it's uh, this is a young man that uh, is is an incredible football player, but more importantly, an incredible individual. So 
a lot of excitement for you to come down here and compete for this position and, and guide this team. And uh, I know um, you, you walked away from a lot of things. Uh, the opportunity to be a three-time captain for the Spartans is, I don't think, happened before. And some of the records that you've set, and I'm sure you weren't satisfied at how the season ended last year, so there was a chance to go do some new things. But um, as I told your dad, it, it's a great time right now to be an Auburn Tiger football fan because of the last two years, the struggle. Uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about the previous coach. He just wasn't the right fit. And I think people are glad that we're moving in a different direction and got a very quality coach in Hugh Freeze. I was blessed to meet Hugh Freeze in 2017. Um, it's an exciting time to be an Auburn Tiger football player. Thank you. Peyton, how many times have oh, you said well, how many I'm sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, I was I was saying go ahead, go ahead to you. Sorry about that. How many times have you said War Eagle and have you practiced it? Yeah, you know, I, I think your dad had a conversation with Mike about about the the phrase, but boy day are you gonna hear it a ton starting on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I've I've said it a few times. Obviously, it's not uh, you know, it's not probably as many Auburn fans up here in Michigan or Illinois, but I'm, I've heard they're everywhere. So once I get down there, I'm sure I'm going to hear it quite a bit. And and yeah, I had to ask. You know, when when somebody says War Eagle, I say you just say War Eagle back, right? And they say yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Because, you know, up here up here at Michigan State, the the deal is go green, they respond go white, and obviously you know. So I just had to make sure that I was saying that correctly. That's great, Peyton. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, one of the things, if I was a, a transfer quarterback now in the in the portal and had decided to come to Auburn, I would be wanting to make sure that I had a great opportunity to meet my teammates, to become, you know, enmeshed, uh, you know, in the uh, and immersed in the program as quickly as possible. What are your thoughts about um, coming down and, and uh, and getting to, to know these guys and and uh, you know to be the leader that you are uh, and to have them recognize that. Yeah, that's a huge thing. You know, first off, it's been great ever since I uh, even went in the portal and then obviously announced that I was coming to Auburn. There's been a ton of guys that have reached out and, you know, started talking to me from the team already. So that's been great. I've been talking with those guys. And, but once I get down there, you know, it's going to be great to get to meet everybody. I'm excited to meet, obviously, my teammates. And then also just the staff, the support staff, all the people involved. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know, getting to know those people. And, and as far as teammates go, you you know, I think you, you just have to um, hang out, honestly, and spend time together and then get to know each other, and then things go from there. You know, you can't try to force stuff, if you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, do too much in terms of some things. You know, so just getting to know each other, getting to hang out, learning what guys like. Obviously, there's going to be some guys teaching me, you know, what, what, what fun stuff there is to do in Auburn, you know, what what it's like uh, living in Alabama, you know, stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I think that uh, obviously this team's got a lot of great guys, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to meeting everybody. Peyton, it became very obvious when we saw Coach Freeze's comments after your commitment that he was – after you. You were the guy he wanted uh, in that quarterback room with the 2023 Tigers. Uh, I'd like for you just to describe uh, yourself as a player to us. We've seen a lot of films since your uh, arrival into the transfer portal and then at Auburn. Looks like you got pretty good wheels. We know you can throw it. Uh, but just describe your game uh, and what the Auburn fans uh, have to look forward to in the fall. 
Yeah, I think that uh, if I were to describe my game, I would say um, I'm a guy who likes to obviously throw the ball around. I like I like throwing the deep ball. Um, I love throwing posts, goes, and getting the ball out there. I like getting the ball out of my hands quickly on certain RPO stuff. Uh, and then, like you said, you know, I feel like I can run uh, decently well. I'm not a you know super speedster, but I feel like I have good enough uh, speed to get around guys at times and get out of trouble when I need to. And then, uh, you know, I'm. I feel like a big part of my game has always been my accuracy. Uh, at times, last year and maybe a little bit the year before, that was uh, a slight bit shaky at times. But you know, that's something I've really been focused on and getting back to that because that was always a staple of my game throughout my whole life. And then, um, you know, just playing with toughness. Uh, I believe as a quarterback, you have to be tough, and you know, that's both physically and mentally. And so that's something I work on at, at all times, and you know, feel like I present on the field in terms of, you know, physical toughness and then also always work on your mental toughness. Peyton, I, I was going to say that, you know, as a quarterback, as a former quarterback, I would I would look at playing for Hugh Freeze like a little kid uh, on Christmas morning because, you know, he's going to throw the ball deep. And you were mentioning that you like to throw the ball deep. He's going to put pressure on uh, defensive backs like nobody, nobody can do. And um, that's got to be exciting for you to look forward to. It's very exciting watching just, you know, I obviously haven't gotten the entire playbook and the entire rundown yet, but just watching a little bit of film that we did when I was there, you know, it was very exciting to watch some of the concepts and, and then watching the actual film of it happening on the field. And then just listening to Coach talk about how he's able to get matchups on guys, how he's able to move different receivers around to create what we want on offense and kind of dictating what you know, we're doing to a defense and not the other way around. So it's very exciting, and I'm, I'm excited to learn more from Coach Freeze and Coach Montgomery because they're a, a wealth of knowledge. That is uh, incoming quarterback Peyton Thorne, who uh, was a guest with Doug Amos on the Max Roundtable yesterday. 334-321-1390 will update you what's going on in the Diamond momentarily, but let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Inspector is next. Hey, Specter. Hey, um Quick question, listening to that uh, that speech there, did anyone ever ask him what made him go into the portal? Uh, no, he wasn't asked that specifically. Uh, he, I mean, we talked about it a little the other day. I think just uh, he just felt like he'd pretty much done what he could do there. Uh, I think it was when we've talked about the comparisons with the situation that Bo Nix had at Auburn. Uh, sort of like, I mean, he's, he's a coach's son. He's a coach's coach's son, a coach's son's son. Um, and he, he caught a lot of flack from the yeah. Michigan State fans for not being better last year. And, uh, I think he just felt like he wanted a fresh start. He posted a farewell to Michigan State, I think the day after he went into the portal or the, or the day it was announced that he went into the portal, didn't really go into detail about why he made his decision. Uh, the, the fact that, I mean, Mel Tucker, the, the head coach at Michigan State, did not talk about his quarterback competition like he had a two-year established starter who, who, had, who had played far more football 
than the other guys and was clearly going to be the guy. Mel Tucker made several references to it being an open competition. Sort of like Brian Harson did with Bo Nix. Right, right. And, and you could see, I mean, and, and I think for a... Uh, among other things, for a two-time captain, I could see why I could see why a quarterback would seek greener pastures in that situation, especially if he thought there was a chance he was going to be replaced by a younger option for 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 a coaching staff that needs to save themselves. Well, I'm hearing an above-average quarterback. I'm hearing a, a guy that's got Stidham numbers, and why would the fan base be against that? Just because they went because they went five and seven this past yeah, year, and went, the quarterback generally catched the blame. I mean, J- Jarrett Stidham wasn't the most popular guy in the world after his second season at Auburn. I mean, when Auburn went from being ten and two and on the verge of the college football playoff to being seven and five and losing at home to Tennessee. Bill, you're so right. When when the team does does bad like Auburn did last year, who got the who got the bad rap for it? Oh yeah, it's going to be the quarterback and the coach. That's right. Well, we understand the coach. But Ashford, <laughs> Ashford really got it. And uh, I think Ashford, I think I think Robbie Ashford got a lot of respect last year from 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 Auburn fans. I mean, uh, the way things well, were going got, when Robbie yeah. got the opportunity, people knew that it wasn't his fault. And that's that's happened yeah. before when when Auburn has a difficult season. I mean, some of yeah, it goes he, some some of it goes on the quarterback, but often you know people can understand the quarterback's doing his best even if he doesn't necessarily need to be the guy. For you know, for the long term, for the long term. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to stress on other shows. I, you know, Abby's, uh, uh, Abby, Robbie's got my respect, and and considering what he had to deal with, and uh, but right now he's getting no respect whatsoever. I mean, he's not even getting an honorable mention for a starting quarterback. Well, he's going to get the opportunity. I mean, I don't think Hugh Freeze is just going to. Uh, you know, not pay any attention to, to how practice goes this fall. And there are some folks who think he can beat out, you know, that, that are talking like he can beat out Peyton Thorne. I, I would make Peyton Thorne the favorite, but there are some folks who believe very that strongly is. that Robbie Robbie Ashford's a real player to be Auburn starter. Yeah, you got a point, Dan. I mean, you got a guy coming in here with credentials, and and you expect that to show up when he gets on. He may, he may be a total. He may be another Jeremy Johnson, for all we know. Yeah, or he. I mean, you never, you know, you never know. It could be. He, a, he could, could be a Joe Burrow. He could be a. You know, I mean, look at the guys. I mean, Ole Miss brought in a couple of guys that have been starters at other places. Doesn't look like they're going to start. I mean, That's Auburn, why you do it, though, so that you've got better competition and hopefully you come out with a, a better starter, regardless of who it is. Appreciate it, Specter. Great stuff. Yeah, Auburn's uh, Auburn's had success with some uh, with some recent quarterbacks that that were not on the team the year before. Oh yeah, right? I mean, so, some some a uh, lot of success with first year quarterbacks. Well, South Florida Carolina Florida. hangs on. On beats Auburn in softball there in the uh, semifinals. So the 10th seeded Gamecocks move on. Auburn will now await. Uh, and and uh, again, I think they're in great shape to be hosting. Uh, but they had a 2-1 to one lead going to the 7th. Two-run homer. And uh, South Carolina knocks off Auburn 3-2. to two. We'll update baseball and more when we come back for the final segment here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment, a short one here on the Friday Drive. And uh, let's see, as we mentioned, Auburn softball falling 3-2 to to South Carolina. Meanwhile, baseball, 
Uh, Tanner Bauman comes in, gets out of a bases-loaded jam. Uh, Ole Miss had cut Auburn's lead to 7-4, and Tanner Bauman came in and got out of that. Um, and Auburn has answered back with a run. Bobby Pierce doubling, uh, advancing to third on a pass ball, scoring on a wild pitch. And Auburn leads it 8-4 to four, uh, in the top of the sixth inning. That is the first of two weather permitting there in Oxford. Um, so the second game was supposed to be starting at 6. They're in the top of the sixth right now. And the weather forecast calling for uh, some heavy rain moving into Oxford at around 9. We'll see how much they were able to get in today. But Auburn right now still leading at 8-4 in the top of the six. Yeah, it looks like a little bit overcast, but for the most part, nice. You know, folks are out uh, enjoying picnics uh, in, in the vicinity of the ballpark there in Oxford. So, yeah, hopefully they can get the baseball in this weekend because Auburn... Would love to strengthen their resume with some conference wins. Oh, yeah, they need as many wins as they can get. And this is an Ole Miss team that's been struggling this year. One would think Auburn has the advantage on paper. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, So when we come back Monday, Brian Matthews should be joining us. We'll uh, catch you up on everything that has happened over the weekend. Maybe some more.